You're listening to your New York State of Mind NBA podcast with David and Kane. Kane, the Knicks are popping. Where's the W? Eat the W. Yum 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 yum. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> bad pullback. Oh. I don't think people will get that. Okay, okay. I, I don't know about that. Just this week. In fact, a couple of days ago, I saw an article of one Levante David. Do you know who that is? I have no idea who that is. Yeah, he's an old, one of the top linebackers in the NFL playing for the Bucks. Okay. I didn't I don't care anything about Levante David, but he did mention uh, one of my the highlights of the NFL for me, which is your boy, Jameis Winston, eating the W. Uh, and Levante David was just commenting this week how revisiting that episode and saying how strange it was and people didn't know what was happening. <laughs> I think uh, just some context. Uh, Jameis Winston uh, is known like around league circles as like a very powerful motivational speaker. And now that seems ironic because it's like something you make fun of because... He did this whole like pre-game speech where he was like, you know, telling people we need to win this game. We need to get the W. And then he was eating like he wanted it so bad. He wanted to eat the W basically. And uh, but just to hi- like highlight some of his more, you know, accomplished speeches. I just want to apologize to the university. He once came into a halftime uh, locker room for his alma mater, um, Florida State. And he gave this very rousing, like very like engaging uh, halftime speech. I really want to apologize to my teammates. Like they made this like humongous comeback when they were down like multiple touchdowns. And it was like, and people were like crediting James Winston's halftime speech as like the catalyst for that comeback. And uh, you know, in the NFL too, like this guy came in as a rookie, was like a captain of the team, was a starting quarterback. And like for many years, he was leading the team. And I think at some point he was just kind of not like getting cocky, but just like, just he just kept trying to like push the envelope. Try, just like he kept trying to find creative ways of juicing up the like his teammates. The stats and speak for themselves, was, like, Kang. The stats speak for themselves. That was the like. You look at my numbers, I'm, I'm balling. Well, that was the part that just jumped the shock. Like he just, he, he finally found that line and he just, he didn't just like tip over it. He just. He like <laughs> ran a motorcycle. Through. Okay, okay, I mean, you're giving this guy a lot of credit. Okay, not only was he attempting to eat, he literally was licking his, his fingers while his like teammate was like standing there confused as what the hell is he doing? All right, let's get over okay. it. Okay, and he whatever he proceeded to get injured on that game, and they fucking lost by like twenty points. So yeah, the Knicks are doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, let's let's lay off Jameis Winston. Okay, we don't need to talk about him. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Okay, okay, we kind of we've been pushing this, um, we've been putting this off for quite a while. The Knicks, as we know, are are really good this season, right? They're above 500. Not only that, they're recently on a I want to say like an eight game, nine game now winning streak. Nine game as of today, yeah. Maybe that would change, but like you know, in the last ten games, they're nine and one. You know, so that's uh, very good. And uh, I just wanted to look at some of the competition in the last ten games, and I think it's like pretty good. Uh, Win against the Raptors against your 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 team, yeah, right. <laughs> don't 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 rub it in. <laughs> well, quick 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 aside. How do you think about your Raptors? Are you, have you just n- no hope for the Raptors? 
you know, for future? No, I have, I definitely have hope. So prior to this loss to the Knicks, I think the Raps were on a four-game winning streak. Now they're, mm. they're right now still out of the play-in tournament, but I feel like it's still possible for mm. them to get into that play-in tournament. And if they can get in, I'm feeling good. I think they can win two games in a row. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, the Knicks probably, by the time we finish talking, like the Knicks are probably have lost because they're up against the Suns. Which is another team maybe next week we can highlight because the Suns... I mean, we're talking about the Knicks being a, a, a really good team this season. The Suns is, like, crazy good. And that's, like, Chris Paul and Devin Booker and, and yeah, those guys. I think the, the biggest win I remember this that happening during the Knicks uh, winning streak recently is against the Mavs. Mm. They beat the Mavs mm. and the Pelicans. That comeback win against the Pelicans where I think it was, like, 7.8 seconds to go... Derek Rose like drives into the paint and dishes it out. I forget to who, uh, but Derek Rose is playing awesome. And then I think that was the call where Stefan, uh, Sam Van Gotti said like with 7.8 seconds, even high school kids know how to defend this. It's called having fun, Kane. It's called having fun. Don't disrespect the pals. <laughs> this is part of fun basketball. It's what Griff has always wanted. But like, yeah, the Knicks, you know, doing well. Even LeBron chimes in, mm. so like, you know, uh, NBA is is better with the Knicks being good when the Knicks are doing well. Like, you know, guys are just generally happier. Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, even for me, like, I never really seemed sold the Knicks as, like, a rival to the Nets. Like, I know, like, they like that Subway rival series. Like, you know, the ESPN and, you know, the media love to hype that up. But it doesn't really exist because the Knicks and Nets have never been good at the same time. The Nets have really never been good. What? It's okay, let's be honest. I know what you're referring to. You're referring... To the RJ era, the Jason Kidd era, Alonzo Mourning, Vince Carter, okay? But at that point in time, New York belonged to the Knicks still, right? The Knicks were still a, a hot commodity. The, that's not the point. The Knicks have always been a hotter commodity than the Nets, always. And, 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 and probably still are to this point, you know, in terms of, of brand prestige and, and, and revenue. The point is, who has performed better as, like, in general, like, in terms of, like, regular season records and everything. And the Nets have blown them out for the last 20 years. There's only like maybe a few years where the Knicks have done better. And even when the Nets have gone like to the worst record, they rebound super quickly. We don't have to revisit this. It's not really a rivalry like what I'm saying. But um, yeah, I mean, I, like I, those are what I'm saying. Like, my point is I don't have any grudge against the Knicks. I think the Knicks, what they're doing is cute. I think they're doing well. It's fighting they're words. Like cute. Or, they're like fourth right mm-hmm. now. And yeah, it's cute. Yeah. They're like fourth right now in, in the East. Um, that'll be cool because if the Nets hang on to the first overall seed, maybe uh, you know the Knicks and Nets will meet in the second round, and th- I think that'll be a fun series, like you know, easy four four you know four zero sweep. But so I saw some posts on Twitter of Knicks fans disrespecting the Nets and making fun of the Nets, and so those are not true Knicks fans. Okay. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm a true are you, Knicks fan. Are you a true? Okay. I'm not but, buying this at all. As long as James Dolan owns the team, the Knicks are dead to me. Uh, this is trickery. I'm not believing it. But what is James Dolan doing now that's, that's, that's leading to this? Uh, he's doing nothing. Responsi- not no, responsible he's not responsible for, for any of this. He, he, he lost on KD. Right. He lost on Kyrie Irving. They couldn't even get Greg Monroe, who's not even in the league anymore. They can't get anyone. You know, when they signed, they, they couldn't get anyone and they signed Julius Randle. And at the time, we were making fun of Julius Randle. 
a bit disrespectful. We have to pay respect to Julius Randle. Yeah. But the point is, this is not <laughs> yeah. all pre-planned. This is not part of the plan. This is a huge surprise, right? And it's not because of James Dolan that this is happening. This is strictly because of Julius Randle, because of Tibbs, because of that team and how hard they're playing. It's mm. not some master plan. Derek Rose. Derek Rose. Okay, it's yeah. not some master plan that the new GMs like created. For all I know, James, this is actually maybe a bad sign. James Dolan now maybe thinks that he's got something to do with this, and now he's going to start meddling with his team again. And that's why I want to talk directly to those Knicks fans that are now out there parading, disrespecting the Nets. Get a hold of yourself. Look at who's on your roster and look who's on the Nets roster. When you get Kyrie Irving, when you get James Harden, when you get KD, the Nets are not a joke. This is not the second New York team. They're the primary New York team. And if you're still cheering for the Knicks, I know it's a feel-good story this year, but don't get it twisted, okay? The Nets have, do- have, have checkmated you. They have upped you every step yeah. of the way. Every step. They, they got fucking Steve Nash. And Mike D'Antoni on their coaching roster. Their fucking coaching roster is an an all-star MVP team. Okay, I'm a bit emotional. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, No, no, no. Uh, understand, understandable. Uh, I was just gonna say, like, uh, I think, like, what what is uh, crucial? And I'm just gonna leave James Dole. Like, I know he's a big cog in this whole um, narrative of the next game better, like, or you know, or worse, depending on his action or inaction, whatever. I'm leaving that out for now, out of the equation. I think the Knicks are basically where the Nets were three years ago when they when they went on the darling Cinderella run to that like uh, eighth seed mm. or seventh seed, and they when they get when it went up against mm. the Sixers and got beat bad four one. It wasn't it, there was no chance. Like there was some close games, but and they battled hard. But that was a game that was a team sorry featuring Karis Levert, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Dudley as like you know. You, you, you know, like your closing li- lineup, and and they went toe to toe. Like there were some games where they lost by two points against Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Ben Simmons. And I think the Knicks have some battle scars this year. They'll make the playoffs, obviously, and they're gonna be, they're gonna go up against a you know behemoth team, uh, maybe the Brooklyn Nets, and they're gonna get beat bad. But that's fine. Like you learn from that, and then maybe another superstar looks at the Knicks and like, look, that's a, that's a big time city. That is a good nucleus. That's a good culture right now. Maybe I join them and that's the hope. And I don't know if James Dolan fucks it up like, and based on uh, previous, uh, you know, you know, learnings, he probably will fuck it up and the Knicks will find some way to fuck it up. But uh, that's the hope where the owner has uh, the ability to get out of the way and let the team handle basketball decisions and the Knicks right now in a good sort of culturally beneficial sort of goodwill environment where they can absorb a superstar into this culture. Keep Julius Randle, keep RJ Barrett, um, keep the the kid Emmanuel quickly. Um, there's a lot of good players. And even Derek Rose, if, you know, depending on his contract situation, if he can sign a one-year deal, um, I think this team has some hope. And I think that's what Knicks fans think too. Like they know this team is fun and they're not going to get anywhere, but it's fun and they have hope now. It's okay to have fun. During Lynn Sandy era, it's not like they were going to win a championship. Yeah, but that, that was, was really fun, fun yeah, yeah. right? But I don't like it when yeah. they start disrespecting the Brooklyn Nets. Not because I'm a Nets fan. Because 
how can you insult a team who's got a fucking loaded MVP roster and have won every has won every move against you? You mentioned RJ Barrett. You mentioned their young team. Look, they had RJ Barrett last year as well. Okay, I think the only difference this year is that Julius Randle is playing at I would say close to MVP level, if not MVP level at this point. Okay, if you look at stats, he's mm. like in the last month. I think he's averaging probably like. 25, 26 points a game, 11 rebounds, like six mm. assists. I wouldn't say that's MVP, but yeah, definitely OMBA. He's, level a, he's also playing sure. 40 minutes in the last month, right? He's averaging 40 minutes a game. You know, minus Julius Randle, where he, if God forbid he gets injured, like this is like probably a 200 team. In other words, a lot of it is just Julius Randle carrying this entire team. Uh, to victory somehow, some way. Mm. And that's why it's a beautiful story. Mm. But and I'm, I'm going to hold off on my go New York, go New York, go cheers until I see more from this team. Mm. Actually, I'm going to hold that off until also, James Dolan somehow becomes deceased <laughs> or sells, sells a team. <laughs> I feel like deceased is probably like the, that's more likely than him selling the team. And also just the nugget, like Nolan's Noel, like former bust mm. basically. Uh, has turned a new leaf. Uh, he's just he, he provides no offensive ability, <laughs> but he's such a great defensive player. Like he's like he's like a poor man Ben Sim, uh, Ben Wallace, and that's saying a lot because Ben Wallace was like a beast, you know. And he's kind of channeled that sort of Ben Wallace, like just do everything, guard the perimeter, guard the paint, get blocks. Uh, I think that tip, that's really Tibbs coaching and Tim Tibbs like intensity channeled inside uh, Nolan Noel's uh, to play, you know, basically the best defensive ball. He's probably going to make All-NBA, uh, All-Defensive team probably this year. Or, like, maybe second, because he hasn't done it at a consistent level, obviously, because he only kind of joined this team halfway. But um, that's sort of the level he's playing at. Just, yeah. We do have to give credit to the Knicks roster because clearly this team... This group of players are really gelling with Tibbs. Now, we know Tibbs is a bit of hit or miss, yeah. right? This guy was out of the league for a while. He couldn't get a job. I, I, yeah, but I think it works with young guys, and especially like guys with chips on their shoulders, like, like a Derek mm. Rose, you know? But I think, don't they have Taj Gibson on this team as well? Like, Tibbs can't quit his yeah, they got, Bose yeah. players, man. You just can't quit. <laughs> you try to recreate that. Yeah. You try to recreate the Bose roster they got, in yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, they got Gibson, they got Rose, they got Boozer. No, no, you no, don't have Boozer. That's a joke, right? Jimmy <laughs> Butler. No, stop it. Boozer's yeah, not in the league. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, so credit to this player, this team, and I think it's the second part. It's a chip on your shoulder part, not the young talent, because he had young talent in Minnesota, and that did not work well. Andrew Wiggins did not work well mm. in that system. He had Butler, Butler legit, right? But it clearly won the frustrations of Butler that he didn't feel like Cat or Wiggins were playing or working to their potential. Yeah, like they're relying on guys that weren't really like high drop. Like Bullock is like an integral part of this team and well, RJ Barrett is fine. But like, you know, uh, uh, you know, Randall was a you know, free agent pickup. Noel's was, was like this waiver wire kind of guy. Yeah, you know, Derek Rose was traded, you know what I mean, to his team. The guys that they drafted high, OB Topin doesn't play much. Kevin Knox is pretty much a bust. And Enkin Kina, we could never pronounce that, is like, it's like 
on the bench, you know, like deep on the bench. So like those guys that they drafted high that were kind of maybe in a you know from a previous GM aren't part of maybe not part of the next future. Like you know yeah like which which is ba- which is bad I guess, but they still were able to construct a really good winning team around tips. And that's why I don't give the Knicks organization any credit for this. I don't give them any credit. And when you compare it to that Cinderella run in Brooklyn a couple years ago, I think it's not a fair comparison. It's underselling what Kenny Atkinson was doing in Brooklyn and what Sean Marks has built in Brooklyn. Because what do we know about that team? We know that they created real assets, legitimate, desirable assets. Whether it's Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah. Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, those are all highly coveted trade pieces. Whereas you look at the Knicks roster, whether it's Nick, uh, whatever is Kena guy, or um, those other knocks. Like these, these are yeah, multiple, multiple top ten picks. They're, they're, what trade value do they have? They have no trade value. Okay, they're, so they're not really developing their young talent. They have the one amazing talent, which is Julius Randle, and he's literally carrying this team on his back. You know, they really should reward Julius Randle too with like that sort of home homegrown contract that they can offer him after his contract is up, or even early if they can. Because all this goodwill will be undone if they just like cast Julius Randle aside if he starts to underperform, underperform a little bit. Because in this first year alone, he's done so much for this team. And if they consistently win, that's something that no player, not even Carmelo Anthony, uh, was able to provide. You know, so that that's the kind of character, that's the type of player you want to invest in, in, in more than just you know basketball player. You want him, you want him part of basketball law. And then not cost him out, you know, years later when he's like useless to you. That's not what good organizations do, um, which is obviously what the Knicks aren't capable of doing or, you know, have shown that they aren't incapable of doing. Are you saying perhaps Julius Randle can even get himself a key card into Madison Square Garden? <laughs> apparently, apparently there's short supplies. He, employees Employees left. left. Employee door. How about that? How about that? Apparently this is like... <laughs> it's very difficult to get. Patrick Ewing is still looking for his pass. Yeah, even Patrick <laughs> he's like, Ewing. He's like, <laughs> my jersey's in the, in the rafters. What do I have to do? Yeah, what, what do I have to do? No, I, let's see. But again, I'm holding my judgment. Saying that, though, but did you see the comments Zion made before the game about the Knicks? Yeah, after the... So this is. let me refresh you. I've got the comments here. Someone asked him about I, something to the effect of, like, what does it feel like to play in New York? He said, I'm glad you asked that, actually. And he said that with a huge fucking smile. He said, quote, New York is the mecca of basketball. I love playing in Madison Square Garden. I played here in college. This is my first time playing here in the pros. The atmosphere, whether they're cheering for you or booing for you, it's amazing. I want to be in New York. I want to be a Nick. My jersey number will be number three. Okay. Okay. Uh, Why? I think I added the last the last part of the quote. Why number three? In honor of Anthony Davis, he said, "Get me the fuck out of New Orleans. It's a fucking prison Davis there." Is number three. He's, yeah, like he's number three. What do you think about no. Zion saying this? He said he wants to escape his captors. I feel like, I mean, I feel like it's gonna happen. I think Zion's gonna save New York. I, I don't know. I just have this feeling that. You play, players have players feel more empowered than ever, and Zion is is already one of the most marketable players in the history of of basketball. 
from high school, uh, you know, with the power of Instagram and Facebook and everything. He's he's just been so his stock has just been so mm-hmm. high since high school at Duke, and now coming to New Orleans where he sort of probably isn't as hot as he was in Duke, you know, in terms of popularity, kind of took a hit. And so I think, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to work on a rookie deal. Like, I don't know how soon you can force a trade. I don't know what the rules are for that, but I, I, I think he's starting to po- probably plant the seeds that New Orleans is not New York. And I think everyone knows that, but these players like to lie. You know, like a lot of times I like to say like, oh, I love New, I love playing for New Orleans. I love playing in the city. I love the fans. Like John Moran's doing for Memphis, which you sort of believe because he wants to win for that city. You know what I mean? But is Memphis as good as New Orleans? Is New Orleans as, as you know, I think New Orleans is probably better than Memphis, right? Like New Orleans is a much bigger city than Memphis. So do you think that, you know, Zion is thinking about New York over over New Orleans makes a lot of sense because it is a bigger city and his star power would just grow exponentially in New York. Like, it would probably be the best sports star with city and with New York marriage ever. Like, Odell Beckham was there and that's, like, probably where he could... That's, like, the sort of heights he could set himself on. Like, that level of celebrity stardom uh i think that and i don't know if he wants to celebrity stardom but it's just like it just it just it's just it just fits him you know it just fits everything that he's done so far like he seems like a really quiet kid and that's what everyone's been saying about him like he's actually pretty quiet he's really humble and you know he doesn't actually chase that spotlight but i don't know like it just seems everything he does is the spotlight the way he plays is is the spotlight um so I just I just feel it. I just feel like New York will eventually. Maybe not next year. Maybe not in two years. I don't know exactly. Once again, how the rookie thing. Well, works. it would have to be in two years because that's when his rookie deal is over. Well, but but that's the thing. Once your rookie deal is over, you're only a restricted free agent. You're not unrestricted yet. So can he say I'm not signing a rookie extension? I don't think so. I, I honestly think that's like how they've sort of locked it to keep to you know help the small markets. Um, it's obviously not by the money. It's just that they have the power to uh, to like you know like prioritize those guys that they drafted if they want to. Like the team has a right to keep them. My impression, and I might, I think this is accurate, is that after your rookie deal, you must have to sign the extension with that team. You can't just go into the free market. But what we can do is you sign a one-year extension. They keep, they get your rights. They get your rights until they get until they decide to get rid of you. And a trade is like the best way to expedite yes. that. Really, but the duration of that second extension deal, you get to decide how long you want oh, a, okay. that extension for. Normally, it will be maximum, right? Because you want to guarantee that money. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's where I'm at too. I hope he doesn't stay there. I I, I just think I don't have faith that Stan Van Gotti and David Griffin can build a team around Zion. And I don't think that's... I, I'm not saying I think the Knicks are any better, but I just I just think I would rather him be in New York than be in New Orleans if he's going to waste away. First of all, it's Drew Holiday's team, so it's not even Zion's team. And secondly, I don't even think Stan Van Gundy is going to last that long in New Orleans. No, I I just... I just I, I told, did I not say this before? I just hate TV... Coach hires it just it just so never work. Like I don't understand why they keep going to this well of the TV commentators like oh let's bring him. But he's a coach first. 
Well, I know, but then he was on TV like for so long. Mm -hmm. Well, you know. Because he did so well with, with Orlando, you know? Like, he did so well with the Pistons, you know? Look, they've, they're fucked up, like, really over there, okay? I kind of see what they're getting at, but they just don't have the clout to execute it. In other words, they try to create kind of like a the Spurs organization where it's organization first. You're no player is bigger than organization. That's why they said Griff went on this fucking media tour to tell everyone that it's it's Drew Holiday's team and that Drew will pass a mantle to the future, which is Zion. And it's why they went through this whole charade of then making, after they traded Drew, of giving kind of Ingram the reins to this team. Zion for a lot for first half of the season couldn't even, wasn't couldn't even get into the game in the fourth quarter. They wasn't even playing him right. When it became ever, quite clear that you should just fucking give Zion the ball, he's shooting like 60% from the field. Because he just drives to the basket and no one can stop him. No disrespect to Ingram, he's a max player. But Zion is a future. Zion has the, the higher upside. And if you're Zion, I don't think his agents are telling him, yeah, you should just like, you know, stand in line, stay in your place, and let this organization dictate your future. I think they're saying, Zion, you go to a big market like New York, and it's going to be Zion's town. That's how it should have been in the beginning. Yeah, I think it was there's too much like... Griff in New Orleans. Okay, for me, when you talk about New Orleans, all I can think of is Griff having this vendetta against LeBron James, and somehow like proving he wants to go prove himself in New Orleans that he's got he can build a championship team without a LeBron type of player. Mm. And if you're Zion, like, do you want to be a part of that? I'm, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, I like I just think it's like these guys are trying to prove themselves, like they're getting their second chance in the league after being fired. And um Yeah, I, I just think it's like the case where it's just so much ego has has built into it. So it's like no guy, even Zion's not bigger than the team, like Zion has to be part of the party as well. You know There's so much bullshit in New Orleans, like this whole Griff talking about family first. Family for they literally traded JJ Redick like six thousand miles away from his family. Yeah, I, well, I know. Yeah, we've talked about the Pelicans and all. I just think it's disappointing. Like the fact that they have Bi, they got Lonzo Ball apparently playing well, and now Zion is. I I think at this point he's probably going to make the All NBA team, um, just because of the way he's like playing. But like, even despite all that talent, then they're not even. Like they can't make the they can't even crack into the top ten seeds in the West. They're at eleventh. They're belly in front of Sacramento, and I don't think I can name two players from Sacramento. <laughs> Luke Walton. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, Luke Walton. That's how sad it's gone. Like Luke Walton is like one of the top like well-known people from Sacramento. I just think this team is is so underperforming, and I really think like yeah, Sam Van Gundy has. They just need a refresh, and they need to feature Zion, and they need to get Zion on board of like uh, how to build the team around him too. Like what are Zion's ideas of what should be better? But anyway, let's not talk about the Pelicans' loser team. Let's talk about winning teams. The Los Angeles Lakers. Two weeks ago, if you asked me about Lakers, I would have said, Kane, I'm a bit concerned. I feel like they might be dropping to the bottom, to the eighth place, and potentially even into the, uh, the playing tournament. But over the past couple of weeks, something incredible has happened. 
which is that the Blazers have been on a very poor streak, a losing streak. And I think this has given Lakers a bit of breathing space. So now I'm actually quite optimistic that they can retain and stay in the fifth seed. So the fifth seed, they were, yeah, so they're the fifth seed. And and the da- and Dallas are, are catching up because they won three in a row. And the Blazers should have caught up, but they've lost four in a row as of now. So, I mean, there is a chance they drop to seven, really, honestly. Like, AD is on men's restriction, and LeBron is out still for the foreseeable future. I mean, it's definitely not out of the court. Like, I know you're being optimistic because you're a little fanboy. But oh, okay. Like, yeah. wow. okay. honestly. And the Lakers have the hottest schedule. They have one of the hottest schedules down the stretch because uh, I guess that's just how they like to... Um, schedule these games like these late games like they like to like put the lakers on prime time and lebron james on prime time down the stretch um so it's just it's just not gonna be cakewalk to keep that fifth seed if, especially because they're only a game and a half above the mavs and they've lost to the mavs twice in recent game <laughs> twice in don't recent games that. that's serious don't laugh at that <laughs> don't laugh at what <laughs> don't laugh at the lakers losing twice to the mavs the Blazers aren't playing well, right? So there's a bit of a wash. The Lakers are losing, but so are the Blazers. So there's no progress there. And I think the mm. danger is the Mavs. They can, mm. um, the Lakers, I think, are still two or three games ahead of the Mavs. And four-game winning streak yeah, is yeah. a pretty good streak. But I'm not expecting them to continuously win. Yeah. Over the next week or so, I think I'll get a better feel for how the Lakers are doing. But I definitely don't want them to be sixth. And seventh, well, that's just... I don't know about that. I mean, that's that's even worse. Yeah, that's usually how seeds work. Okay. <laughs> the higher the seed. Okay, genius. Look, okay, it. genius. Let's talk James Harden. Actually, why do we have James Harden here? He said, you said James Harden out indefinitely. Yeah, he tweaked his hamstring, and he was supposed to come back like a couple games ago, but he tweaked his hamstring, and like that sort of reset the whole rehab process. So he's out indefinitely, and. The hope is that he's back before the playoffs, but we don't even know. And KD is uh, coming back, but you never know too, like because he was he he was he was he was he was supposed to be 100% healthy a couple of weeks ago, and then reaggravated uh, 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 I think what was it like a hammy, like a hammy sprain or something. I don't even know what it was. was. A quad. I thought. It was... um, but these guys can't. The only guy that can say healthy is uh, Kyrie Irving, and he's good. Like he's he's very good, but yeah, he's not even eating. He's not even eating. He's fasting right now because it's Ramadan. Is yeah, it still Ramadan? I think this month. Um, it's over, right? It'll be over soon. I think this month. So he's not. He's he's fasting before games. <laughs> so he's like uh, running on an empty stomach. Look, I'm not gonna panic. I'm uh, not gonna panic. I think there's still time. I'm not panicking. I'm not panicking. Um, just just news. It's just news. I'm not giving an opinion. It's just news. That's all. Okay. The last topic we've got here. Is Tyler Hero. The organization might be growing a bit tired and a bit wary of his celebrity status. What's your intel telling you here, King? So there's been uh, whispers that some of the teammates, and you can kind of guess which teammates uh, have the most gravitas in mind. Jimmy Butler. Uh, that they're being rubbed the wrong way uh, by the way Hero is conducting himself mm. off the court and sort of... Cons- and and starting to participate in that celebrity sort of uh, off-the-court lifestyle. 
uh, whether that's the way he spends his money, the way he spends his time, the way he hasn't quite dedicated. I think he's still a good player, and some games I watch, he's still an impact player for the for the Heat. So I don't think, um, you know, his 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 trajectory is question is questioned at this point. But I think his uh, you know his ceiling has been impacted a little bit. Like it's still it was still high to begin with, but I think it's limited a little bit more by how dedicated he is in the off season. Uh, in, in between practices, like what does he what does he do in between practices? Um, you know, this isn't Dennis Rodman. You know, like mm. it's not like that level of craziness, but it's still not to the level that maybe some of the Heat stars are, are expecting of Tyler Hero, especially at, a, at such a young age. Um, you know, to concentrate on and um, and yeah, like I I think it's sort of been communicated to management and management or. I guess there's been some rumors that Tyler Hero is on the trade block, um, and, and yeah, there's some teams that could kind of get him, and he could be a headline sort of trade. And I'm thinking, you know, Bradley Beal finally gets his wish to go to Miami, and uh, the Heat send Tyler Hero and whatever first round picks make I it like work, that. or whatever sort of young players they have to get Bradley Beal and make a true big three in Miami. But I don't think it's going to be like that because, if anything, we know his trade stock has decreased, has dropped this season, even before this. Concern. I think Miami will have to make it very, very appealing. But I think Tyler Hero will be involved in that trade if they're able to, you know, kind of get those initial conversations going with the Wizards. And that also depends also on um, the Wizards. Um, being willing to trade. Oh, sorry. That also depends on Bradley Beal being more vo- uh, uh, vocal in, you know, trying to get out of Washington, which probably is unlikely. <laughs> but I just want, you know, like like the Zion situation. I just want Bradley Beal in a market that appreciates his talents better. Would it be strange if Zion started wearing the "That's All Folks" shirt, the one that Anthony Davis? That'd be kind of weird, right? <laughs> I need like a sequel to that though. Like I don't know. Uh, that's pretty good. That's all, folks. Is 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 underrated? Like one of the best, uh, like trolls, in it. Like NBA sort of, you know, like player to management sort of uh, things. It's it's really good. Look, really I funny. think to get Bradley Beal, it would be have to be Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and everyone else on that team. Basically, I mean anyone but Bam and yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Because right? I think. Even this trade deadline. Maybe go around then. Even this trade deadline, um, they were offering, I think it was like for Kyle Lowry, they were giving like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and maybe someone else. No, it was never both of them. I think it was. I mean, obviously it didn't happen. Where at least the Raptors were asking. Yeah, I know it didn't happen because I think they, yeah, I think they wanted both of them. But the Heat have only ever really committed one or the other. You can either have Tyler or you can have Duncan. You can't have both. yeah. That's fair enough. Um, which, yeah, but you're right. If it's if Bradley Beal's on the table, if if finally he's on the table, then I think it might be for both. And I don't know, Iguodala and Goran and like mm. three first round draft mm. picks and stuff like that. Like that's what it might take to get Bradley Beal. Because you know Bradley Beal like will be too nice. Like he's gonna ask for the trade trade thing, but he's gonna work with Washington to get the best deal. <laughs> like well, he's back. gotta be careful there, right? Um, because he doesn't want to. 
it, it, it can't be scorched earth in Miami because he's going to be joining that team. So it's a bit of conflict of interest. Yeah, but I think he, I feel like Brad, yeah, you're right. But I think Bradley Beal will try to mediate that so that w- the Wizards don't get fleeced too much. I just feel like he's right. going to help that. That that yeah. Not like the Rockets, you know. They won't get fleeced as bad as the Rockets. <laughs> what? Why are you laughing? That's so funny. Uh, I'm just thinking like I can't even remember who the Rockets got no for James one. Harden anymore. Like, it's they lost they track. could have had uh they could have Jared Allen and Karis LeVert and, but they said no it's okay. They could have had Ben Simmons. That's that's the one that I'm just never gonna figure. They said uh, no, we want a disabled player called uh, Oladipo. <laughs> and even then, it's like oh no, nah, yeah. right. is he still on the team? Oladipo is still. We'll, tra- we'll, we'll, tra- we'll trade. We'll trade. We'll trade. We'll uh, trade Victor Oladipo for um that racist. And then we'll cut him. Oh my god, did they end up just getting like Miles Leonard off that deal? No, nah, Jesus they got Christ. They got other players, but I can't remember. Okay. They got other players, but I just can't remember. They're not like, they're not anyway like near the same uh, like trajectory as like Karis LeVert and Jared Allen and even potentially Victor oh Oladipo. Well, you know, this week um, the CEO of, that, uh, of the Rockets re- uh, resigned. Not because he was forced out. I think it was just he, he didn't really see much of a future there. And it was kind of like time to pass the I mean, reins to the, yeah. next, the next group of people. I mean, like Steven Silas is probably not long for the head coaching world as well because he's just a lamb, like a sacrificial lamb just to bite over this transitional period. And it's, I don't know, probably he would have never, never even gotten a true head coaching gig anyway. But it's just like sad like that this was his chance and it will get reflected as his record for, you know, forever. And it wasn't even given a fair, fair chance. And I don't even know where they're transitioning to. It's not like, that's why I don't understand. Like if they just had Jared Allen and Lavert, I feel like that's at least a bankable core. Not to say that it's going to take you to championship, but that's a bankable core. With Robert Covington too. With Covington right. as well. That seems like a pretty, like, you know, like maybe like, on par with the Kings or something. But you, know? you look at the roster now, you have John Wall. John, John Wall's not part of anyone's future. Yeah, no way. John Wall. I mean, the guy's fucking making 40 something. Okay, grand. Okay, they, they had to take John Wall. It's okay, fair enough. They had to take him, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And Oladipo. No, but the point is, they, yeah, it's more Oladipo. It's more like you don't want John Wall to be the face of your franchise. Like, that's not the point. Like, the point of that trade was just because they needed to facilitate Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. out. So the only trade that worked was getting John Wall. And then they try to make it work by adding Demarcus Cousins, his former his former college teammate, on this team, and it didn't work. Fine, whatever. Like it is what it is. Um, but yeah, like flipping Karis Levert for Victor Oladipo is a misguided move. Unfortunately, like they went for it and it failed. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just bad moves and bad moves. That's that's what it is. Like uh, you know, they can't get out of it. They keep digging themselves deeper in. We won't do it on this episode, but I feel like we need to do a year-end wrap of what actually happened in Houston. I feel like Boogie, he's not even on this roster anymore. He's over in, in Clipperland. No, no, so I feel like yeah. they actually made quite a bit yeah. of move, but um, it's not for the, really for the better. They just moved a lot of pieces for the sake of moving pieces. But I think it really just highlights how, how little they got from the James Harden trade. And had they been a bit braver and gone all out on either... Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons was the big, the, the biggest miss of all. Like, they could have Ben Simmons. I think, you know, what it came down to is, like, the Rockets 
Rocket Dolls obviously like aren't being managed very well, but they just didn't have a plan. Like they knew James Harden wanted to trade out. They knew Russell Westbrook wanted to trade out. So they you know dealt with Russell Westbrook, but in uh, in a fallout from Chris Paul and everything. But like James Harden wanted out, and they didn't have a plan, and they didn't know what they. All they knew is like I don't want to work with、um, mm. Daryl Morey. That was the only. That was the only sort of like mo, <laughs> like don't take any deal with Daryl Morey. Ah,、uh, so then that was it. That was、so、the next for Tita. For Tita, said no. Shut up and listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> read my book. Read Have you read my book? book? <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> <laughs> and and the Nets is the only team that had multiple draft picks and and Caris LeVert and Jared Allen,、um, so, so that's that's what they got going for them. They got multiple first round、right. picks in the future. It's not like they got extra picks. Essentially, they just replenished the picks that they had to trade away to get Westbrook, right? Because prior to this, they had no like first round picks for、yeah. the next like three four years. And Chris Paul, they gave away picks to give trade Chris Paul away. It's funny, like Chris. If Chris Paul was still on this team, like they might still be. In, well, Chris Paul is like a borderline MVP this season. Okay, he's like on on the. Yeah, if they kept, if they, yeah, exactly. If they traded James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and it's just kept Chris Paul, they actually might be better, doing better. But anyway, okay, okay, we've reached the end of、uh, another episode. To end our show, let's talk about something a bit more serious. Over the past week, in, there's been an update in the George Floyd trial, as everyone, I'm sure, already know. And the the cop that killed that murdered Floyd, Derek Chauvin, was actually convicted on all counts. So on second degree murder, on second degree manslaughter, and on third degree murder. So now we're just awaiting the actual sentencing, which I think is a matter of weeks away. Safe to say, this this man will be going to jail for quite a long time. I think justice was served, and. Like we said last time, I, I don't think this should have contributed at all, but I do I do feel like they dodged a bullet in terms of riots and, and stuff. Like, like I think literally people were lined up、mm. ready to riot when the sentence. Like it could have, that was literally like such a thin, uh, like, <laughs> you know, it could have gone either way. If, I mean, obviously he was guilty, so obvious. So. There shouldn't have ever been、uh, an opportunity for rise to happen. But if justice didn't prevail and this guy was acquitted for everything, it would have been just we would be talking about like it nonstop for the next like two weeks, like how America's just gone to shit over over the sentencing of 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 him being made innocent.、Um, so I'm glad that didn't happen. I'm glad, obviously, like you know, like what the lawyers were saying, like common sense. Like just use your common sense. Like just look at the videos. Like stop thinking about like all this stuff that the, the defense is trying to say. Like some of the defense was saying like, oh, he could have died from the carbon monoxide from the car, and then the then the prosecutors would say like, how do you know the car was turned on? And then they'll have to like backpedal like, oh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> why are you saying that? <laughs> why are you saying that? That's the cause because that's the whole point, right? The defense is like trying to、uh, recast. The the murder like actually what killed George Floyd like George Floyd could have died from drugs could have died from his heart being oversized could have died from the toxic fumes from the car exhaust or whatever but they're all debunked and but the fact of the matter is there's a video and quite clearly the primary cause is because the guy fucking like choked like you know cut off his air supply for multiple minutes and 
continued to put the knee over his, his neck even after he died for multiple minutes. This guy, this Derek Chauvin murderer guy, is just so blatantly stupid that he just did this, knowing that, probably knowing that he was going to kill him, to be honest, the way he was doing it. Like, because you see the pictures of him not even having a toe on the ground. Like, there's no, there's no transfer of his body weight to the ground. It's just what is whatever the percentage is. Like, a, a large portion of his body weight is on his neck and you'll be dumb you just you'll be so dumb if you didn't know that would severely limit someone's breathing like that you know so and during that when he was doing yeah, that there's other sad. people bystanders yelling like what you're like you can't breathe like what are you doing like you're killing him and mm. this guy just chose to to ignore those those calls so clearly you know whether or not george floyd was going to die or not it's just not on this was not a concern of his. This has been a really positive development. I feel like, you know, had this had this verdict, um, deliberations lasted weeks or even longer, things would get really hairy. Um, there would be a lot more debates on this. I think the fact that it no, happy, the verdict yeah. uh, was reached within like 48 hours, uh, it's really quick finality to, to this episode. Regardless of how many years this guy gets sentenced, we know it's going to be quite a number of years. And I don't think he's, I think the law says you have to serve two-thirds in jail, yeah. and, you know, one-third yeah, at parole. So regardless, this, this man will be in jail for a very, very long time. But then sometimes they sentence someone without, yeah. with, with no parole. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Uh, so if it was first degree murder, it's first degree murder for life. So, I mean, normally, yeah, you would give no parole to, you know, Serial killers like O.J. Simpson. Um, <laughs> well, he never went. Did he, he, oh, he didn't go to jail for that. He went to jail. He's he still went out jail, there. But he didn't go to jail for that. Is he still in jail? Oh, he's, he's out. out. He he's out, out now. I wonder what's going to happen to the other cops, like the other sort of three that were. What I've read is that this is a bad look for them. In other words, if this conviction was so quick, then for sure they're going to get convicted of something. Oh, uh, for sure, yeah, but um, obviously not a severe. Uh, like it's not a severe cr- uh, crime that they that they they didn't. They're not the murderers. They're just the bystanders. Those cases are more complicated. I think there's going to be jail time, and I think you know if there's jail time, that's a fair enough uh, punishment. Because the person that this Chauvin guy, he was the. He was the ranking officer in that group. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, was yeah, that's what I was wondering. If he was the ranking officer, probably, you probably yeah, you probably think like what he's doing is correct, and understandably. But like the crowd were get, getting like more restless and more like, you know, uh, mm. you know, annoyed. Oh, I don't know what the word is, but like basically, it was distressing that basically what they were witnessing, what they were saying in their testimonies is. They were witnessing a murder. Maybe not at the time they didn't know that, but um, they, you know, visual, vis- 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 I don't know what the word is, but like, they just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that yeah, it's, it, it came down to this. That yeah, it was convicted. He was convicted for those crimes anyway. Like you said, it's a good point. Like the point of jail is to be rehab, re- rehabilitated into society, and um, I guess these things can be changed. Um, and by the time he's 70 or 80, when he gets out, he's too feeble to do any damage anyway. Uh, even if he still is a racist. 
Um, there's lots of racists walking around in society. Some of them are like seven foot and rehabbing their shoulder. <laughs> Just be careful. And getting, pay getting paid to rehab their shoulder in their mansion. Oh, Jesus Christ, getting like fucking nine million dollars. Playing Call of Duty, calling out uh, certain communities. But his wife, first class, okay? First class. Smoke show. Smoke show. Yeah. No disrespect to the wife, okay? Just Miles. I don't know now, actually. Maybe the wife is being complicit in all this, so she's also racist then. No! God damn it! Oh <laughs> my goodness. I, I love those I, videos. I've learned anything from bystanders, and uh, I just don't know who to trust anymore. I don't know who to like anymore. Okay, Kay. Um, on that note, uh, wishing everyone, please stay safe, wear a mask, get vaccinated. Mm, happy Ramadan. Happy, happy Ramadan. Uh, there was the Indian Festival too. Uh, that caused like a huge COVID spike in India. So, I mean, yeah, to that point, stay safe. Don't introduce a new variant, please. Keep your fingers out of your mouth. Please don't lick your fingers like Wait, Get vaccinated. Just, <laughs> please, Jameis. Just get vaccinated. You know, Jameis this week said that he's, he's working harder than er any other quarterback. Yeah, that's a trope. All right, see ya. <laughs> see ya. Lay off, Jameis. for listening to your NBA podcast with David and Kane. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at your NBA podcast.